It's time. It's time. That's right. Your boys are back with a classic pay-per-view review. We've been enjoying the hell out of doing these. You even said it the last time that we've been enjoying the hell out of this. We are here for No Way Out 2000. I was only, what, eight years old when this happened for me? You were only three? Yeah. Like... I, I remember... I have... We have the... The Hell in a Cell, like, anthology, like, best of Hell in a Cell DVD. This, we had and, it. I don't know if we still have it. And the main event is, is on there. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's definitely one of the better main event, like, Hell in a Cells. Yeah. Over the years, so. But, uh, definitely, we, we drew No Way Out 2000. So, overall, what would you say by, when we looked at the, when, but just by looking at the card, what did you think of it before um, we watched the show? Looking at the card, it seemed a little lackluster. It seems, but it's like it, a... It was like a one or two, maybe three match card. It's like fairly decent. It's like a decent card. Yeah. It's not like stacked to the brim. It's just like, you look at it and you go, alright, well, you kind of expect to see this kind of stuff on a pay-per-view, this here, like... But then there's some stuff that doesn't look like it belongs in the pay-per-view at all, like yeah. a certain something on this fucking card. Mm -hmm. But we have... They were... From the Hartford Civic Center, which is now actually named the XL Center... It has a capacity for concerts of over 16,000. You have for basketball over 15,000. Ice hockey gets over 14,000. So, and they drew a attendance of 12,551, which isn't awful, with a pay-per-view buy rate of 480,000. Pretty decent buy rate, I would say. Tagline is let the game begin. So, you know, Vinny's favorite thing is taglines, so yeah. we'll talk tagline, because let the game begin. I mean, any any tagline could be better than the fucking Battle Bowl one. Yeah. Ready? Set? Set. Battle Bowl. Awful. Absolutely lame as all fuck. It's almost like everything involved in that is terrible. Yeah. Oh, wait. It is. Yeah. It's like, we again, we would know the show is terrible. Like, literally terrible. So, opening contest, we see Kurt Angle versus Chris Jericho, who was accompanied by China for the Intercontinental Championship. Kurt is the current European champion at the time. He's talking about wanting to be the Eurocontinental champion. This is, like, very bizarre because 
now knowing what happens after this, because this is, at, like, later on, China turns on Jericho and joins Eddie, yep. which starts that great pairing. But then later on, we also know that Jericho kind of feuds with China later on, so it's, like, very weird to see them together here in this yeah. situation. This match goes 10 minutes and 15 seconds with Kurt Angle winning the and becoming the Eurocontinental Champion. Uh, I thought this match was really good. It's young Kurt and young Jericho. Kurt, I'm pretty sure Kurt is one of, like, two, maybe three people to ever be Eurocontinental Champion. Is there others that I don't remember? Uh, D'Lo. D'Lo Brown is a former Eurocontinental Champion. Okay. I want to say... Jeff Jarrett did as well, hmm. and maybe RVD, but I don't remember RVD being the European champion. I don't either. I know he was Intercontinental a bunch of times, and I know he's held the Hardcore title, but I don't know if, we, if they've had one that's like the Hardcore Intercontinental champion. Like, Actually, I think he did. I, I think the... The latter match with Jeff Hardy was for both belts, but it also, like, simultaneously retired the European title. Hmm. So, technically, RVD is the last European slash Eurocontinental champion. Well, still, that's really cool. The Eurocontinental title, like, kind of thing. I like the... I, I miss the European title. Yeah. I don't know why they ever got rid of it. It would have... I don't see a problem with it if it existed nowadays, because that's another mid-card title, so it's something, and maybe, you know, it could still mean fucking something, like, we wish the IC title and the United States title means, like, would mean nowadays, well, but now they're starting will, to yeah, kind of become relevant again nowadays. To, they're starting to build their prestige back Which up. is good, because with Roman holding the WWE title... Raw needs something to have, so they have the U.S. They have the United States title, which needs to be built back up again, and Lashley's doing just that. Yeah. But yeah, I thought this match was really good. Again, it's young Kurt and young Jericho. Like, yeah, they both mesh very well together. China doesn't actually barely get like at all get involved in this, from what I remember. Well, she does. She does play a factor into the the finish. Like she didn't like because she didn't play a lot in like in most of it though like most of this yeah, match she throughout didn't. the match she didn't but she played a factor into the finish because there Kurt basically everyone was outside the referee was Tim White mm-hmm. we might as well talk about Tim White now first of all rest, in, rest peace. in peace yes absolutely uh, second of all this is I I hate to talk fucking bad about the dead mm-hmm. But Tim White, this entire pay-per-view, looked like an AEW referee. He really did. Like, when they they went outside and he would follow them instead of staying in the ring and counting. And I'm like, Tim, listen, God rest your soul, but, like, you legit are an AEW ref before an AEW ref even fucking exists. Like, yeah. that's pretty bad. He, he just... Did not count when right? people were out on the floor. He just decided to go out on the outside and be like, "Hey, 
Come on, guys, get back in the ring. Just tapping him on the shoulder, saying, come on, we gotta get this back in the ring, guys. Can't keep it outside for this long. It's like, well, you know, I'm pretty sure Jimmy Corderas has said it before. Like, if you want to get their freaking attention and tell them, hey, get back in the ring, start counting. Just get back in there and start fucking counting them. But yeah, uh, I don't remember if it was Tim White or if it was Jericho himself, but one of them gets pushed into China... China crashes into the steps, like, back first. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was the ref, actually. Like, uh, I think Kurt pushes Jericho into the ref, which makes him bump into China into the steps. Mm-hmm. And then the ref is checking out, uh, checking out on China. Kurt grabs the, uh, one of the belts. Kurt grabbed the intercontinental. He, he grabbed, grabbed the IC he, title first. He grabbed them both, I was about to say. He yeah, grabbed he grabbed the both. IC title first. The ref took that away. Then he grabbed the European title when he threw fucking... Or when he bumped Tim White into China. He grabbed the European title. Uh, Kurt, I, remember, I remember the one when he had one of the titles and then, like... Like, Kurt grabs the title and Jericho gives him a German suplex. And he drives... Like, almost threw the title. Like, he didn't throw the title like he held on to it. But I was, like, expecting Kurt to, like, throw it. Yeah. But he didn't. And I was like, whoa, wait a second. I was like, usually when people get, like, locked in a suplex or something and they're holding a title, they'll throw it. Yeah. But Kurt didn't. I was like, okay. He's but, holding on to that thing for dear life. But Kurt grabs the European title. Jericho stops him from using it. Kurt's still holding on to the European title. Jericho goes for the, the lion salt. And he... Kurt just fucking smashes the title into his fucking face. He blasted the shit. Mid lion salt. That was a very, very hard hit. Like oh, he yeah. like he fucking he wild. put a lot behind that. Just just as soon as Jericho came down, he would just right in the face, and it just like oh shit, that was fucking stiff. But Kurt gets the win after that. Like again, I thought minus the little shenanigans at the end. I thought it was a good match, though. Yeah. I did. I enjoyed it. Ten minutes. It felt actually a little longer than ten minutes. So, I was all for it. Enjoyed it. Kurt now as the Eurocontinental Champion. And now knowing on what goes after that, we get the triple threat with Jericho and Benoit at WrestleMania. It's basically a triple threat two out of three falls match. Which is cool. I don't know why people don't do, why we don't see that match anymore. We've only seen that once. Yeah. And I'd like to see it again. I think it'd be fucking cool to see. Dudley Boys, up next. Going for the tag team titles against the New Age Outlaws. Now, New Age Outlaws does do their whole usual shtick. We get the whole, the D-O-double-G, and ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we get the whole intro again. Tag Team Champions of the World! I love the DX. I love the New Age Outlaw intro. Always have. Like, you could say what you want about Billy Gunn, say what you want about Road Dog. They're, because even during this, at one point, there was talk from the commentators that said that the New Age Outlaws is probably one of the greatest tag teams well, in WWE history. JR said, JR on commentary said, arguably the best tag team in WWE history. I, I, I wouldn't say they're the greatest tag team, but they're one of the greatest tag teams. I don't think I would even put them in top ten. I think they make they make the list. 
somewhere if you keep stretching the list No, down. I'm just saying, if you, you have to legit put a list together and find out where they land. That's just it. But I know they're on that list somewhere. You can't say the New Age Outlaws aren't one of the greatest tag teams. Yeah, I guess so. But they're going against, as what I would say, eventually Easily the top, greatest. Top five. I least. would say probably the Maybe greatest top tag three. I would put them as the greatest tag team. Eh. The Dudleys are probably the greatest tag team. I, I wouldn't... Personally, for me, I think... Um, I think Edge and Christian. Do you really? Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, I got Dudleys. I've... I, I There's just all the accolades they've had tag team-wise to me, just stands out more than anything. That's the one that puts them so high up to me. But it's like, I even told you when we watched the show, I went, it's good to see some, like, Bubba and Devon, and it's good to see some Bubba Ray before we find out, like, later on nowadays that he's an absolute dick when he wants to be. Yeah. But it's like, take that out of the fucking picture and look at him and go, love the Dudleys. The funny part about this match is that the Bubba, interview backstage, too, was fucking Bubba just staring. Yeah, but he, <laughs> he was just staring off into the distance. But Bubba comes out, and they start brawling. Just all four of them brawl in the ring mm-hmm. at the same time. The, the bell rings. And I go, I literally go, is this around the time that Bubba, Bubba Ray wrestles and somehow his glasses don't fall off? And literally... <laughs> I can't not make even this a up. second after you fucking said that. Point like, three <laughs> seconds later, fucking Road Dog hits him with a punch and his glasses go fucking flying. It was I'm so like, funny. All right, well I guess not. <laughs> it was so funny because it was so like timed perfectly. Just is this where Bubba keeps his glasses on a lot? Like somehow and it matches and then as soon as he takes a punch, they just go flying. And I was just like, nope, I guess you're wrong. And the way they went flying was so comedic looking. It, it literally looked like a cartoon. It, like, it did you, look funny. If you added in a little like, whoop, it would, it would fit perfectly. In it did, because he literally just like turned his head and they went that way. They went off it just like to the It looked the like someone had a string attached to his glasses and they were like, Give me those. <laughs> I wonder where they landed. That would have been pretty funny to find out. But this only went five minutes and 20 seconds. It was very weird, because it's like it felt a little bit longer than five minutes. But it was like, for five minutes? I don't know, I kind of enjoyed it. It wasn't It wasn't terrible. It really wasn't. Now, I don't really know if they've had any other alt- like any matches between the two of them, other than this. I maybe, think they have. Maybe in TNA. Yeah, possibly. When it was Team 3D and Voodoo Kim Mafia. <laughs> you get that one, guys? It starts with VKM. <laughs> They're making uh-huh. shots at Vince. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, for five minutes, though, I enjoyed this. This was around the time of the uh, the New Age Outlaws, like, dissension. Because... Yeah, because literally, Bubba ends up pulling out this mysterious fucking pipe, which I don't know where the fuck he pulled the pipe out of. It was under the ring. I didn't even see him pull it out of the ring. I just see him... I We just cut the camera over to him, and he's just like, I got a pipe in my hand. It's like, where the fuck did you get the pipe? Fucking Bubba Ray Dudley's a magician now. He whacks Billy Gunn in the shoulder with the pipe. Like, that was a stiff-ass hit. You heard the thud yeah. off his shoulder. And then proceeds to have Road Dog eat the 3D, which I thought was fucking hysterical, which is, like, perfectly done. You just have... Devon and Road Dog fighting. 
they're just going, they're just running the ropes. You just get an Irish whip, and then they both run the ropes. They both just duck and dodge each other, and then all of a sudden, Devon just stops, turns around, picks him up. Bubba comes in, hits the cutter part of the 3D, and the Dudleys win the tag team titles. For five minutes, it's pretty enjoyable for this five minutes. This was also around the time that JR absolutely fucking despised the, Bubba, <laughs> the, the, the Dudley boys. Yeah. So they get the win, and he's just like, Oh, God damn it! I'm like, Jim, come, would you please? What's the hatred there, Jim Ross? Jesus, God. Like, again, he was supposed to be the babyface commentator at the time, but, like, man, I don't get the hatred for the Dudleys at the time. Like, like I get that he fuck, that they're fucking powerbombing old ladies through fucking tables and shit, but come on. It's, you don't gotta be like, oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> These motherfucking Dudleys win the titles. Those I'm like dastardly Dudleys. <laughs> like what the fuck? But yeah, for five minutes, very enjoyable. Yeah, Dudleys win the tag titles. Now knowing again, going on forward, there's the match that happens later on in the night. That it, that's literally like what two matches from here. Uh-huh. Yeah, just by looking at it, two more matches later, but then leads to what happens at WrestleMania. I, technically, even just one match. Yeah. So. Shows off to a pretty good start. Two matches deep, I would say. We then get Mark Henry. Sexual chocolate. Yes, sexual chocolate Mark Henry. Versus Viscera. Not now, so sexual chocolate. Yeah, not so world's largest love machine. This was around the time that Viscera decided to wear fucking hefty, hefty, hefties. <laughs> Wait, you're saying that he wears glad trash bags? You're telling me that thing that he wore didn't look like a fucking garbage bag? No, it just looked like a very fucking overly sized jacket. It was shiny, it was black, and it was fucking smooth. Okay. It's a garbage bag. Okay, but is it actually hefty or is it glad? It didn't rip, did it? No. It's hefty. Oh, God. (laughs) No, this only goes... Hefty, hefty, hefty. Whippy, whippy. <laughs> this goes only three minutes and forty eight seconds, with Mark Henry getting the win. We do get May Young showing up. Now this is around the time that May and Mark Henry are fucking around. Before we continue, a little backstory as to why this match is even a thing. Sunday night heat, fucking viscera, big splashes May Young. That's why this match is happening. Yeah, this is again. This is when May and Mark are fucking around. And Mae Young, Literally. being the absolute fucking god that she is, or she was, I should say, or she, I could say she is at the time, just fucking taking a beating. She just says, fuck it, I'll take a big splash from Viscera. Fucking, you damn I'll right she will. I'll take a big splash from Viscera. I'll take a fucking powerbomb off the stage through two tables. That woman is, was fucking tough as shit. Tough as shit. What a legend. Yeah, right? Like, I miss her. I, w- I miss the random appearances from Mae Young. They were just fucking worth it every time. Now, you would think this, just by the, 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 the announcement of the match, being Mark Henry and Viscera, you probably aren't going to enjoy this. To be honest with you, you could hear the two names, Mark Henry versus Viscera, and guess exactly how this match goes. Work, like, move by move, mm-hmm. step by step. There's now, in 2002, also. Yeah. Like, this is also, like, 
2000 mark this is and like 2000 youngish Vesera, yeah. mark henry and i don't I, still kind of youngest yeah i guess i guess you could say young viscera yeah so well young viscera would be like mabel so like like i wouldn't say middle-aged either it was like what's between what's between young and middle-aged uh middle-aged i'm pretty sure I don't know my freaking, like... I don't know my age. I don't know my generational name, like, yeah. ages, like, so... Honestly, it this, this match comes down to, if you like big Haas fights, you'll enjoy it. If you don't, you won't enjoy it. That's and really all you're gonna... That's really all I can say about it. And we came down to the conclu to conclusion that this, this was just fun. Yeah. It's just, just two big men just fucking... It's yeah, it's literally Big E would say. Just two big meaty men slapping meat. Two fucking bulls locking horns. Yep. Big E's fucking saying, whichever one you want to go with. Yeah. It, it's, it's not a fucking wrestling classic. You are not going to get a wrestling classic out of Mark Henry or Viscera. Yeah, we're, you're, you're not going to... Even if this was in the Tokyo Dome, Dave Meltzer would give it two... Two stars, <laughs> maximum. Even, no, he'd probably give it a one and a half. No, he that extra half is because they're in the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Dave Meltzer, <laughs> fucking idiot. We get a May Young appearance during this match, and Viscera. I, I know, I know, this is out of out of context, but of the the whole classic pay-per-view thing. But I had to bring this up. Did you see Kyle Fletcher, part of our Aussie Open's tweet? On Twitter, no, I missed it. He goes, I saw, I saw the rating for my Death Triangle for the Death Triangle versus United Empire match, five stars. Mm -hmm. Does that mean I'm the first Aussie with a five star match? And the first reply that I saw said, "Who fucking cares?" <laughs> <laughs> wow, 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 that is fucked up. I mean, they got a point. It's fucked up. <laughs> if you think you had a really good match, who cares if some fucking old, decrepit old man sitting up behind a fucking keyboard goes, one, two, three, and a half. I only thought that was a three and a half star match. Yeah, fuck Dave Meltzer. He's a fucking absolute... I, I don't understand anybody who absolutely fucking just... Backs Dave Meltzer for everything. You know you're an absolute fucking scum when Baron Corbin, of all people, talks shit about you on Instagram. That says a Baron lot. Corbin called Dave Meltzer a cancer. Because he is. Do you realize most of the fucking fandom of the pro wrestling fandom is as toxic as it is? Because they listen to Dave Meltzer. They don't go off their own fucking opinions. They go off what Dave Meltzer says. Yeah. And it's fucking sad. Why are we letting a 90-year-old fucking senile man who's just like, that got me, that tickled my fucking fancy. Well, guess what? Did it tickle everybody else's fancy? Yeah? Well, guess what? P put your own fucking opinion on the thing. Don't be like, I agree with Dave because this is what he says. Gives a shit. Anyway, back to the page. I had, I just had to bring that up. Anyway, again, it's not a fucking wrestling classic. You're yeah. not going to get a wrestling classic. If you enjoy a big Haas fight, you enjoy a big Haas fight. That is it. The step spot 
is fucking nuts. Yeah. Viscera throws Mark Henry. Iris whips him into the fucking steel steps. And the steps absolutely fucking explode. Like, not like John Cena explode. Like, when Cena used to get Iris whipped into the steps and he would, like, push them. And they just kind of go a little bit far. Like, Mark got thrown into the steps. And I swear to God, if that barricade wasn't there, somebody would have gotten injured oh, in the crowd. Most definitely. Like, they went flying. And then Viscera freaking manhandles the bottom of the steps, which is supposedly the heavier part of the steps, just easily picks the sons of bitches up, and Irish whips Mark into the freaking bottom part of the steps, and those absolutely fucking explode. I was like, holy shit! That is nuts! Absolutely nuts! But Mae Young does show up. She comes out, and Viscera, like, pie-faces her, and throws her down so freaking hard. I was like, oh my god, if she's not, if she doesn't have a broken hip, everything in her is broken. He like, he just grabbed her by the head and threw her down. Yes, he absolutely just fucking manhandled her. And he proceeds to go for the big splash again on May. But Mark gets up, just launches himself in a shoulder tackle, which took Viscera down, hits a body slam, and pins Viscera. Now, we just watched a fucking match end on a body slam like we were watching wrestling in the 70s. Where anything, where the, the smallest little move was winning, you know. Oh, here's the 70s wrestling. You know, let's watch people win with atomic drops and scoop slams and regular textbook suplexes and all this and stuff. And it's like... Elbow drop. Right? Like... Just watched a man win a match with a body slam in 2000. But yeah, it's it's enjoyable if you enjoy a Haas fight. Yeah. So, and we honestly have said we have no issue with a Haas fight. If it's entertaining as fuck, it's entertaining as fuck. And this was one of them. It's just a big, it's just two big men fucking locking up and going ham on each other. Yeah. It's not like almost and fucking, uh... Commander Aziz kind of stuff, because that was fucking boring. <laughs> anyway. Next match, Edge and Christian versus the Hardys, accompanied by Terry. Number one contendership for the WWF Tag Team Championships. This went 16 minutes and 55 seconds. This match is awesome. Yeah, it's really good. But Again, it's still young what, Hardys. What can you really expect from Hardys and Edge and Christian? Right? We know that them, as well as with the Dudleys as well, Yeah, the three of those teams have put on classics. Hell, Edge and Christian and the Hardys have had the ladder match, where the Hardys were with the Brood, where it was fucking great. Yeah. Like, these, these three, like, those three teams know how to put on a match. Those three teams have chemistry every time they step in a ring with each other. 16 minutes and 55 seconds. Edge and Christian win after maybe one of the lamest heel... Like, one of the stupidest heel turns ever. So, the Hardys are... This is, like, as you said, this is post-Michael Hayes Hardys. Yeah, post-Michael Hayes pre-Lita. Yes, the Hardys come out with Terry. So I'm like, okay. Now we see of, of 
quick little like recap of Terry asking the APA to pretty much protect her so the Dudleys don't put her through a table. Yeah. So APA is at ringside. So they're watching for the Dudleys to make sure that nothing's going to happen to Terry. We get, like, again, Jeff does a lot of his old stuff, and he actually does some stuff that's like you would never see Jeff Hardy do nowadays. Yep. Matt Hardy still looked like looked really good back like back then, and so did Edge and Christian and all this, and it's just like, Jeff gets to the top rope. Terry gets up on the ring apron for no freaking warranted reason. Just gets up on the ring apron, starts doing, like, the dance, and then shoves Jeff Hardy off the top rope. It was just so random. For no, like, there was no explanation. There was nothing that said, hey, Terry's gonna turn on you. Not a fucking thing. That even warranted that. It was just so, like, abrupt. It was so... It was unexpected, but it wasn't even, like, a good unexpected. It was just one of those, like, head-scratcher It literally just felt like they were doing it for shock value. I probably would say that, too. I agree. I would agree with that. It was just so awkward. Because then Edge and Christian get the win. We get... Christian hitting the unprettier on Matt. And then Terry pretty much just... Even Edge and Christian were looking at it, like, confused. Because yeah. Terry gets in the ring and kind of is just, like, mocking the Hardys. Well, she gets in the ring and starts celebrating with Edge and Christian. She grabs their fucking hands, lifts them up, and they're, they're like... Uh, uh, yeah, she's, they're, she's mocking the Hardys, like, just pointing and laughing at them. And they're just standing there on the side, like, uh... We'll take it, but what the hell is this all about? And they're just so confused. Terry gets out of the ring and starts to get ready to leave. And Matt grabs her by the hair. Now, this is the part where the APA start leaving. Like, before, as soon as she got out of the ring. The APA starts leaving. Matt grabs her by the hair... And pulls her up on the ring apron to try to get rid of her. And, of course, Jerry Lawler's doing his fucking absolute just ridiculous ab- absolute bullshit. Absolute just fucking... The white wave is just fucking flowing over the announce table. Yeah, it's fucking... Jerry Lawler back then, I see... Like, you can definitely say, it is... It's awful. It is some... It is the worst stuff to have to sit through, listening to Jerry Lawler just fucking... Jerry gawk. Lawler sees one fucking feminine chromosome in on his fucking in his eye eyesight and he just instantly just ah! Ah! Like, shut up king please <laughs> what the hell why did he sound like that why would he sound like a monkey i don't know because he loses <laughs> his fucking like mental capacity and he, just, <laughs> he just becomes a fucking sex pot <laughs> so matt grabs terry by the hair pulls her up and the APA run back. Now I'm thinking, okay, their only job was to protect Terry during the match. The match is over, so I don't know why they came well, back to help they her. Didn't, she didn't specify that. She just said, protect me from the Dudleys so they don't put me through a table. That doesn't mean that the Hardys shouldn't have been able to beat the shit out of her. But that's what they were—they were hired to do. They were hired to protect Terry. 
And that's what they did. Terry was about to be assaulted. I don't know. I don't know. That's a little... That's kind of a cop-out. That's kind of a... It's kind of stupid. How is that a cop-out? That's just stupid. That's literally the APA's job. Yeah, but that was dumb. Like, the, she was there... They were only there to protect her from the Dudleys. They didn't say anything about the Hardys. They were... They don't Especially care who they're fucking protecting them from. They even at that APA. point, and even at that point, since they're at ringside, they saw the turn. Why are they even helping? Because that's what they were hired to do. That is stupid. The that a- was really dumb. The APA don't care who they have to protect them from. They will protect the person that hire them. Yeah, I didn't like. I did, I just didn't like that whole part. Like that was weird. But then like, we get. APA beating up the Hardys, and we get quite possibly one of the scariest fucking moments ever. Farouk's Dominator on Jeff Hardy is absolutely terrifying. Yeah. First off, he picks him up, and I'm going, Farouk, get him up. Farouk, get him up. Get him up! And he just fucking throws Jeff down yeah, he, he is on his neck. He struggles to get Jeff Hardy up. And he finally gets him up at, like, a safe angle, and he just fucking whips him down. I literally go, all Jeff has to do is flip on his face, but he literally just fucking free fell onto his neck. I was like, oh my god, Jeff. Ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it was terrifying. And then APA leave, and Terry pretty much, of course, got to walk away unscathed, so... But again, I thought this match was great. It was a good match. I did. And then, of course, now we know for WrestleMania, stipulation kind of means nothing now because Hardys get involved anyway. We have the the three-way dance ladder match yeah. at WrestleMania, so the stipulation is kind of null and void here. Like, doesn't really mean much now. Well, like... Like we said at the beginning, we were fucking young, so we don't remember what happened around this time, but I'm sure it had probably had something to do that they were put in the match due to, or like they were given a second chance due to the fact that they probably considered Terry's uh, interference a, like a, a hindrance or whatever. I mean, it ends up giving you a fucking fantastic, probably triple threat. Yeah. Which I can't wait to see. Like, out of WrestleMania 2000, that's probably one of the matches I can't wait to watch when we pull that show. Again, it's it just kind of makes the stipulation feel kind of pointless. But you know, in the end, we're getting a we got we get a triple threat. Yeah. In a series of three way dances between these three teams. Between those three teams right there that literally are always killing it every time they have a match with each other. Whether it's two, two one, like one of each team, like whether it's Hardys and Edge and Christian, or Hardys and Dudleys, or Dudleys and Edge and Christian, whichever one it is, or even if it's all three teams, they always seem to have great matches with each other. Yeah. And then we follow up with Taz... Versus Big Boss Man, who was accompanied by Prince Albert. The only thing we saw out of this was the video package that happened of Albert and Boss Man jumping Taz backstage. And that was the gist of it. Why did they attack Taz? Because who the fuck knows why at this point. This match goes 47 seconds 
and ends in a disqualification, with Taz getting the win. Because Taz, Taz locks into Katahashime, <laughs> a.k.a. the Taz mission. Taz mission. And Prince Albert's like, oh no, I gotta get in. And gets in, hits Taz. Causes the DQ. We talked about this now, looking at what happens at WrestleMania, and going, literally, Albert and Bossman aren't even paired up by the time WrestleMania happens. WrestleMania 2000, the big boss man teams with Bull Buchanan, <laughs> father of Brooks Jensen. If you didn't by the know way. that, which still fucking boggles my mind too. He's teaming with Bull Buchanan, and at WrestleMania 2000, well, not at it, but somewhere between now and then, TNA was born. Testin Albert. Testin Albert. Uh, this pairing, first off, like, the other thing with this match is, first off, random as fuck to have this match. This feels like a Raw match. Second off, absolutely fucking pointless to have anyway because it didn't even go anywhere. And third, like, the, the beatdown at the end. The beatdown is almost three times as long as the match. And it's awkward to watch. And not, like, uncomfortably awkward. Like, it's just awkward. You're just watching it and going, What, uh, what am I supposed... How am I supposed to react to this? Like, like, Taz and Albert would beat the shit out of Taz. Then they would start to walk away. Taz would get up, attack him again. They would beat him up again. They would walk, start to walk away again, thinking it's done. Taz would get up again. Start Taz literally, like, no-sold every beatdown they gave him. Except for, it got, except for it the got fucking so thing. bad to the point that Albert puts his puts Taz's arms behind his back, holding him there, and fucking Big Boss Man wallops him with the fucking with the baton, the nightstick, yeah, breaking it over Taz's head, and Taz still gets up and fucking starts fucking fighting him again. Taz, like Taz's run in WWE, to me is so forgettable. Because, like, what? He has the match with Kurt. He also has the match with Triple H. And, like, what else is there memorable of Taz in WWE? And the bad thing is, a lot of people are like, oh, he doesn't even win anything in his career. First of all, he's a, hard, he's a former hardcore champion. Second of all, do you even remember the fact that he's a fucking former... WWE Tag Team Champion with Spike Dudley. Easily forgettable. Easily. And you want to know who he, who he won that from? The team of Booker T and Test. <laughs> Don't you love the impromptu tag teams like that? What the... People make shit of the fucking tag division now. <laughs> Look at that tag. Look at those tags. Taz and Spike Dudley... We're the tag team champions in 2001! <laughs> and they beat Booker T and Test! <laughs> Talk about impromptu-ass tag teams. Like, fuck! What are we doing here? Yeah, this whole match ends up being completely fucking pointless. It's clearly the worst thing on the fucking card here. Goes not even a minute. You get an awkward fucking beatdown. You get... 
Taz literally just getting up after everything. Taz starts like, bleeding from the mouth at one point. It just, that don't fucking matter. He's still just no cell and everything. It's, it, it was nuts. It was fucking nuts and not in a good way. Like, not even in a good way. It was just ridiculous after a while. Like it's literally just the, like ta- I'm literally I'm literally when I was sitting there watching I'm literally going Taz just fucking stay down let's get this fucking shit over with like it he would not stay down it's like he wanted to drag the segment out longer of the beatdown and I'm like I, if you're trying to make Taz look tough this looks ridiculous and not to mention every single time they would get done with a beatdown you would hear Big Boss Man say the same fucking thing every single time he would go. You better stay down if you know what's good for you, boy. And I'm like, okay, all right, okay. And they said it again. I'm like, yeah, you, 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 you should really stay down, Taz. It's like Bossman was again. ready. I'm like, oh, all it's right. It's like Bossman was ready to end the fucking segment. And Taz was like, no, keep it going. And Bossman's like, we're ending the fucking segment. And Taz is just like, no, we're not ending it yet. And it's like, oh, my God, Taz, just fucking end it. Taz, Taz at this point knows... That he's, he's got to soak in all the TV time that he can. Because <laughs> he ain't getting on TV after this. <laughs> I mean, he gets fucking properly, like, insulted and kind of partially buried during the fucking invasion stuff. Yeah, they fucking... Austin shit, shit's all over him. shit all over Taz in the invasion. <laughs> they fucking rip his shirt. So, clearly, the worst thing on the card. Mm-hmm. But now we move on to that from that to X-Pac versus Kane in a no-holds-barred match. 7 minutes and 46 seconds, with X-Pac picking up the win. X-Pac is accompanied by Tori. Kane is with Paul Bearer. The story of this is really cool. I enjoy the fuck out of the story. Right there. Just first off, right off the bat. They showed the video package on how we got to this point. Just X-Pac turning on Kane. It almost comes off like a Team Hell No kind of thing. Like, it's... They're best friends and everything else. Like, you get... You see the whole thing with Tori. How Tori is Kane's girlfriend. But then, you know, Tori turns her back on Kane. And X-Pac's turned his back on Kane. And we get the, the really cool fucking return that I enjoy the shit out of. Where Paul Bearer comes out and then Kane comes out. And it's just like, I fucking love that that return. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, Kane has always been... I, I, I love Kane. I do. I You can hate the guy... But I can't hate the wrestler. I enjoy the fuck out of the wrestler for all these years. Kane, the character, has just had too many lasting memories. Yes. The un-American stuff. Basically, one of those things. Like, that's still stands out. The night when he unmasked and he just completely snaps. Yep. Fucking tombstoning Linda. Yeah. Uh, lighting Jr. on lighting fire. Lighting Jr. on fire. Choke slamming Eric Bischoff off the stage. The entirety of the Shane McMahon feud, which I enjoy the fuck out of the Shane McMahon feud. Feuding with The Undertaker when he came back. Yep. The Snitsky feud. Yeah, being responsible for The Undertaker going away. Costing his brother the, la- the, the Buried Alive match with Vince. Like, it's... Kane has had so many memories, and it's just like, it's so good, and it's like, seeing this, like, again, it, like I said, it immediately gave me, like, Team Hell No vibes. Yeah. But just minus the turn, because, you know, Team Hell No never turned on each other like that. But this was really, like, the whole story leading up to this was done so well. 
And we got the match, like, it, first off, it didn't go as long as I thought it was going to be. For a match that was, like, so personal, I figured it would have gone a little longer. Because even they were showing the whole thing that happened on SmackDown before this show, where X-Pac has the flamethrower, and he shot the flamethrower at Kane just to kind of traumatize him of his family's past, which I was like, that's fucking cool. This is awesome. And it's like, this match isn't bad at all. It's really not, but, like, they don't really use the stipulation too much. Like, they had the whole thing with Tori getting Tombstone, and it was almost, like, earlier on in the build, and it's like, why didn't they save that for this? Yeah. But we do get Tori getting Tombstoned again, which is fucking great. You see the rare occasion of Paul Bearer getting physical. Which is hysterical to watch. Like, Paul Bearer getting physical is funny yeah, he, as fuck. He starts beating the shit out of Xbox. I was laughing, because I was like, Whoa, I've never seen Paul Bearer get physical, but that is hysterical to watch. X-Pac gets the win, though. Over Kane, and it was like, Wow, really? I You figured by the story this would be Kane's redemption, but no, X-Pac gets the win, and it was like, Whoa. You say, though, that, uh... The finish kind of makes Kane look kind of dumb. Yeah. Kane picks up the steel steps and goes to use them on X-Pac, and X-Pac just hits a drop kick that the steps land on Kane, and X-Pac just like kind of sits on him for the pinfall, and you clearly see Kane just holding the steps down. It's like, Kane, just throw the fucking things at him. Why are you just laying there holding it down? Like, it was a little like... The, the ending was kind of, like, like really made Kane look dumb. Like, really look dumb, but it was, again, it wasn't a bad match. It was just, I wish they'd used the stipulation a little more. And I wish that they didn't make Kane look kind of stupid yeah. at the end. Like, it looked kind of dumb. We do get Kane and X-Pac in a match, like, in a match at WrestleMania, where Kane teams with Rikishi, of all fucking things, to face... X-Pac and Road Dog, so that was already part of the New Age Outlaw split up. Yeah. With Kane and Rikishi getting the win there, like, it was just like, this was the time right here for Kane to get his redemption, and you kind of just were like, nah, not yet. Not this one here. And it was like, ah, oh, man, that was kind of a missed opportunity. But again, it was it, it was actually a pretty good match, so I'll give it that. We then move on to Too Cool, Rikishi, Scotty Too Hottie, and Grandmaster Sexay versus the Radicals. Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, and Perry Saturn with Eddie Guerrero in their corner because Eddie is out at the time with Dislocated his... Dislocated elbow. Yeah, so they had the little promo backstage where Eddie has like this like pipe kind of thing hidden inside of his of his sling that he was going to use if it came down to it. Rikishi's going into this match with the fucked up ankle, which we see a lot of, like, Dean Malenko only going for that leg. He chop-blocked Rikishi at least seven times in this match. Like, the Radicals as a thing, to me, is fucking cool. Mm -hmm. I love that faction, but they don't do jack shit with it. Four people... Jumping shift from uh, WCW. WCW to WWF, I should say. Yeah. 
and not to mention four people that are just like all four fantastic them, wrestlers. Yeah, they they are incredible. That wrestlers. faction should have gotten so much more traction than it actually did. But to be fair, a vast majority of them should have been better as singles. Yeah. The only one you could really say that really had just like a low ceiling was Saturn. I mean, we know what I mean what's the outcome that happens with Saturn with the whole mop thing. Yeah, because he That's... fucking he started beating the shit out of someone on heat and the whole yeah. mopy situation was I mean, punishment. He put himself he put himself in that situation. Yeah. All he had to do was not be stiff, but he chose to be that way. Yeah, his temper got the best of him. And Which I don't know why, because literally he's facing a nobody. But you're going to stiff the guy. Yeah. That's kind of fucked up. And then, uh, Dean Malenko. He's, his run in WWF is so forgettable. Like, you barely, if you try to sit and think of anything Dean Malenko outside of Radicals, do you really know anything Dean Malenko-wise? Only the fact that he was light heavyweight champion. Yeah, and that's really about and it. And he had the, the ladies' man gimmick. The, the, yeah. the Iceman. Yeah. But, like, really, is there anything memorable out of that either? There was the whole stuff with Lita. Besides that? No. Yeah. Dean Malenko's easily forgettable. Saturn gets lost to the way because it's like... He's just there most of the time. Eddie, we know, becomes Eddie Guerrero that we know and love. And so does Benoit. Like, Benoit becomes the guy that we know who the fuck he is, but no, it's like, sadly... Loved. Yeah, sadly, we get what we get out of Chris Benoit before, like, nowadays, which is fucking still... It leaves a lot of people to not want to talk about it. Like, the Radicals as a faction should have had more traction to it. Definitely. It's a fantastic pairing of four really great wrestlers, and you really didn't capitalize on it, which kind of sucks. Too cool. A couple things about too cool. I love Too Cool. Yeah, they, they're great. They're wonderful. They're the most entertain one of the most entertaining three man groups you'll ever see. Yeah, like absolutely. So, uh, one thing about all three of them: one, if you ever want to hear the coolest and like swaggiest announcing, <laughs> ever... Howard Go Finkel. to Royal Rumble 2000. Literally, the pay-per-view before this. Go to Royal Rumble 2000 and listen to the way Howard Finkel announces Grandmaster Sexay's name when he comes out. <laughs> at, I think it's number two in the Royal Rumble. Just listen. I'm not... It, it's so... It makes Grandmaster Sexay look so fucking cool. <laughs> I literally asked you the day we watched this show, and I go, do you think Brian Christopher absolutely fucking enjoyed doing this? Yeah. And there's no way he didn't. There's no way he didn't enjoy this. Because if he wasn't doing this, what else is he doing? I mean, he as had... Soon, as soon as they got rid of the Grandmaster Sexing gimmick, and they split him up from fucking Scotty, I mean, he, he had went the back solo to Brian Christopher. I mean, he had the solo run in WWF as Brian Christopher. And they actually seemed like they were going to do something with him. But it's like, 
Does anyone really want to remember? rest in peace. Yes, but does anybody really remember anything of Brian Christopher, or do you remember more of Grandmaster Sexa? I remember 100% of Grandmaster Sexa. <laughs> Grandmaster Sexa was great. Like, Too Cool was just this very unique but very enjoyable pairing. Yeah. S- secondly, Scotty. This is around the time Scotty Too Hotty was like, you know what, I'm going to go to the hairstylist, and I'm going to ask for a large fry. For McDonald's French fries. I'm going to ask for a large fry, because his hair literally looks like McDonald's fries in the red carton. He really did, because he had the hat, yeah, with he, the top he had the cut out hat, and everything, and it literally looked like that, a fucking carton of fries. That, like, majority of the time never fell off. Except for in this match it falls off. Yeah, in this match it falls off, but a majority of time it just didn't. But in this match it falls off and it just looks weird. But, third, finally, (laughs) a couple points about Rikishi. Firstly, his name now is Rikishi Fatu. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Eventually they cut the Fatu off Mm -hmm. and just name him Rikishi. Yeah. Secondly, if forever, for whatever reason, Jim Ross is listening to this, <laughs> I need to, I need to know, do you genuinely believe that his name is pronounced Rakishi? <laughs> it's Rakishi. <laughs> it's not, his name isn't spelled R-A-K-I-S-I-H. S-H-I. S-H-I, yeah. English, English is difficult. His, there's no A in Rikishi's name. <laughs> so what? Every single time I hear Jim Ross say Rikishi's name, he always says Rakishi. Yeah, it's Rakishi, not Rikishi. What the fuck is a Rakishi? <laughs> is that what they call Rikishi's like ass? They call it a Rakishi. <laughs> I, I don't know. I please. If he was a bigger star and he was only on Monday Night Raw, would they? Is that why they call him Raw Rakishi? Yeah, Rakishi, <laughs> again, yes, he was pretty much just entertainment faction, like, yeah, like part of like anything, you know, because big guy, big ass, sticks it in your face, like back that ass up, put a little ass on it, you know. It's it was enjoyable. That's all it was. Like, yeah, like, TNA tried to make him a big fucking deal, but that didn't work very well. Well, because that's what he Even WWE tried to do it when they tried to make him Batman fucking Rikishi, but that didn't really work either, did it? Yes, he's in the fucking greatest Hell in a Cell match probably ever, but still. Well, one of them. I would say the greatest Hell in a Cell match. Well, uh, I don't I wouldn't say. The six-man Hell in a Cell is probably the greatest Hell in a Cell match. It is fucking it's, fantastic. It's one of them, for sure. It's fantastic. It's pure... It's exactly what you expect out of Hell in a Cell. Pure carnage and absolute chaos. And I love it. I just don't think you could put any Hell in a Cell over Mick and Undertaker. It's either that or you go with the OG. You go with the Sean and Taker one. I don't think you could put any Hell in a Cell over Mick and Taker. It's debatable. Anyway, six-man tag match. I thought this was really good. Yeah. I did. Minus, you know, fucking Dean Malenko going for Rikishi's ankle like six times. And that's really all he did in this match. 
really. He never, he barely ever stepped foot in this match, and when he did, it was to break up something Rikishi was doing, aka most of the time the Rikishi driver. Yeah. Like every, I think everybody in the match got a Rikishi driver. Yeah. Like literally got a Rikishi driver, and the best part was Eddie in in the beginning of the match was not even a factor. Like they, somebody clocked him in the fucking elbow. Yeah, because he he literally. Right before the match starts, he tr- he slides in, grabs the pipe out of his fucking sling, and goes to hit Rikishi with it in the ankle. But then Rikishi turns around, grabs his arm, mm-hmm. and fucking grabs the pipe and whacks him in the fucking elbow with it. And, was like, and he's like, he he just he just powders off. Yeah, he disappeared, and that was like the best part because it was like you got to see how good Benoit, Malenko, and Saturn were. Too cool is enjoyable as fuck to watch. And it was just an all-around really good tag match. Yeah. Very good tag match. With two cool pick up the win after a bonsai drop from Rikishi. Who was able to still do it with his fucked up ankle. And like, he, he even sold it, too. Yes. He sold the ankle when he fucking made the impact. He down. sold it a lot during the match, which yeah. was good. He did a good job Consistency. Consistency. It's like, all you need. Like, I understand people, when they sell an injury, that... Eventually, over time, adrenaline gets the best of you. Yes. And you start to not feel the pain. But, pain always comes back around. Yeah. It's not, doesn't just disappear just because you're fucking high on adrenaline. Yeah. It's still there. Like, it's gonna eventually kick in and you're gonna be like, oh shit, fuck, like, damn. Like, he he actually sold it a bunch of times. Like, even during the thing, when, like, when Malenko hit him the first time... First couple times with the with the chop block, he started selling it a lot. Like they went to shoot him into the rope with an Irish whip, and he was like hobbling on it and like just still trying to keep himself going on it. And I was like, consistency, consistency. I love it. Yeah. So again, really good tag match. The next match, the pre-main event, the Big Show versus The Rock. For the number one contendership to the WWF title at WrestleMania. Now we see the video of what happened at the Rumble. And we see Big Show leading up to this. Pretty much saying, hey, I can prove to you that I actually won the Rumble. He starts showing the video. And again, when they first show the video of it, it's still from in the ring. Yeah. So you're not getting a clear image. Yeah, it's basically what you see if you went back to Royal Rumble 2000 yeah. and watched. Like, when I watch them do it, and they're showing it from in the ring, I'm like, well, that's not fucking proof. Yeah, they don't... That they doesn't don't show, show you the, proof. They don't show the camera angle. Yeah. They finally show the camera angle of from a camera on the outside that The Rock lands on the floor before Big Show touches the floor. Which is a le- legitimate botch. Yes. Which is crazy to think of. So technically, in layman's terms right now, the Big Show is a Royal Rumble winner. Yes. So Big Show and The Rock are building up to this match. So again, it's Big Show showing that he won the Rumble. The Rock fucked up and Big Show won the Rumble. Yep. Now it's Big Show pretty much... Like, The Rock constantly is... As much as we all love The Rock, when you look at this story... This literally screams, you should be rooting for the Big Show. As much as we love The Rock, this literally screams, you should be rooting for the Big Show. 
Yeah, because he was screwed. Because this is literally The Rock going, hey, you may have won, but too bad I fucking won. Get over it. Yeah. Like, he, the Rock was like, oh, my feet touched the ground? Yeah, but you're big and dumb. Like, so ha. That's literally all the story was. And it's like, you you go into this and you go, you you feel like you're supposed to root for Big Show. We get to the match and honestly, it's, again, it's not a bad match, really. It's, it's a, for a Big Show match, you know, it's what you get from a Big Show match normally. Yeah. It's not the worst, but like, Big Show in this match sells like he's small. This was around the time that Big Show actually had some, like... Oomph in, a, in himself. Yeah, and again, he sells like he's a small guy. Like, somebody hits him with a suplex, he'll take the fucking suplex. And I'm like, well, why is he not, like, being a big guy? Why is he not, like, overpowering these guys? Like, The Rock. Like, yeah. The Rock picked him up, hit him with a DDT. Hit him with a, a I think, an actual suplex at one point. And I'm like, whoa, what is this Big Show? I'm not accustomed to this. Like, I'm used to seeing, like, highlights of Big Show throwing drop kicks and doing kip-ups and shit like that. But it's like, watching him sell like he's small is very bizarre to me. Yeah. Like, because I'm accustomed to Big Show being the big guy, you know? Like, you're not taking him down with ease, yeah. and then when you finally do the spot, it's like, oh, the no, there it is. The match is yeah. knocking him down. Yeah. Like, but he's selling like he's like... The size of Triple H. The size of, like, Stone Cold. Or The Rock. Yeah, like, he's just selling it like a small guy. And I'm like, damn, he's letting Rock do this stuff. I'm like, that's nuts. So I kind of enjoyed it, like, just by that take. But it's like, it wasn't a bad match. Like, the back and forth is really good between these two. We get, at the end, we get a ref bump. And we talk, We were talking about this during the show. We got a lot of fucking shots to the dick in this night. There, there was so much cock play in this match. It was nuts. Like, I don't know how many times somebody got hit in the nuts. I was like, damn. Because I think The Rock even hits the big show in the nuts in this match. I'm pretty like, sure there's a low blow in every single one of these matches. There might even be. There might actually be. I don't really quite remember. I don't think the Taz one had it. No, it did. In did the, it? In the beatdown, fucking boss man fucking spreads his legs and just stomps on his Oh, dick. so there was a lot of dick play. So maybe every match did have a dick play, minus maybe the Mark Henry one didn't. That might be the only one that didn't. There might was actually a couple... Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it did. Because even during the Hardys and Edge and Christian, Jeff did his normal thing where he leg drops you in the in the freaking dick, and it's like... I know in the Mark Henry Viscera match, fucking Viscera just... Walk, fucking cold cocks, fucking... Kicks Mark Henry right in the fucking face. Yeah, that rolling spin kick thing. <laughs> no, not, not even that. Oh, like, Mark Henry's that. Mark Henry's on all fours. Oh yeah, where he's he on he his just, hands and knees. He just, just walks up to him and just fucking whack. Just fucking one Mark stiff Henry kick in the, in the mouth. Like even Mark was like unexpected. Just grabs his face like, oh my god, he kicked me there. But yeah, there was so much fucking like blatant low blows, mm -hmm. and the refs just d didn't do anything. So we get. A Shane McMahon appearance for this. Now, we get a ref bump. And Shane comes out. And you don't know what the fuck he's going to be doing in this match. What's all, like, what the hell he's doing out here. Like, The Rock sets up for the people's elbow. Yeah, he does, he does the spine buster. He sets up for the people's elbow and he hits the rope. And Shane grabs a chair because... We did get the Big Show using a chair. 
We get Shane grab the chair, and he does his signature Shane McMahon fucking leaping chair shot that he does. This was kind of the weaker one that he's ever done. Yeah. But I love the Shane McMahon chair shot where he just, like, fucking jumps up and just wham right over the fucking skull. And I'm like, I love that. That is wonderful. He clocks the rock, and the Big Show gets the pin. So Big Show is now going to WrestleMania. Technically gets his rightful his rightful championship match. Now, this is the thing. This just says to determine the number one contender. This doesn't mean that they're taking the Royal Rumble win away from The Rock at all. So this later on... This basically just makes the WrestleMania match a triple threat. Yeah, because even it says after what happens here, Shane makes it a triple threat... Because they have a rematch later on, like, after, like, some time during, like, heading towards Mania. Mm-hmm. And The Rock wins that one. And then Shane says, fuck it, I'll make it a triple threat match. And then it's like, of course, we'll get to that, what happens later on also when we get to the main event up next. But again, this match isn't bad. Yeah, it's really not. It's not. Like, Rock and Big Show, you would think, like, yeah, nowadays maybe... Not as entertaining. Not as good to watch. But you watch it here because this is still young Big Show. And still, like, the beloved rock that we know and love. Like, it's not a bad match. Yeah, no, it's It's not. pretty good. So it, it seemed to fly by pretty fast for 8 minutes and 55 seconds. It felt a little longer than 8 minutes, honestly. Yeah. Like, it felt make maybe 10 minutes, but it didn't. And it just surprises me. So other than like the Taz and Bossman match, this whole card so far has been really solid yeah, you could, to pretty good, honestly. Like most people could probably make an argument for Mark Henry and Viscera. Yeah, that's your but debate. But for us, every other match except for Taz and Bossman, you could easily just sit through and just yeah. not you you won't feel bored, yeah, you won't no. feel tired. You just sit through and watch wrestling. No, and now we get to the main event, Triple H defending the WWF title against Cactus Jack. In Hell in a Cell. Inside Hell in a Cell, yes. It's, you know, we're coming off of their street fight at the Royal Rumble, which mm-hmm. is a lot of people will talk about as a great match, which I can't wait to pull that show to see that match. Royal Rumble 2000 is one of my favorite Royal Rumbles. Is it? Go back and watch during Rumble season. Nice. I can't wait to pull that show then. So, we get the whole announcement of Triple H will put the title on the line. Mick says he'll put his career on the line. Like, Triple H pretty much forces Mick's hand and says, you want the title, we'll have it inside Hell in a Cell, but you're putting your career on the line, and Mick puts his career on the line. Yeah, Triple H literally says... I, I don't want to be in a WWE... I don't want to be in a WWF where you're still around. Yep. That is fucking a big time, like, you got him there. Yeah. Like, that is fucking big. This match is fucking awesome. Yeah. I love this. This match literally symbolizes what Hell in a Cell is all about. This is one of my favorite... Hell in a Cell matches. Yeah. This is great. This match is really, like, fantastic, like, to watch. You get Mick where he told Triple H that I am coming off that cage, and this time there ain't going to be an announce table 
to catch me. It's going to be me landing right through your whole entire fucking body. Like, that's big. Yeah. Like, so, Mick's first thing, as soon as he gets in the cage as Cactus Jack, he gets in there, and the cage drops down, and the first thing he tries to do is go out the door. Yeah, he goes straight for the door. But then the door The has, door is chained and padlocked and everything. Like six or seven locks yeah. and chains on it. Stephanie's out there, t- like, trash-talking him during the match. Like, you can't get out now. Like, there is no escape. This this whole match is just it's so it's it's literally what Hell in a Cell defines. It's pure like just beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. Like Triple H grabs this like at one point grabs the steps, goes to huck them right at fucking and literally hucks them at Mix at Cactus Jack, like throws them at him. There was later on in the match where Cactus does the same thing except when he throws the steps he broke the side of the cell open. Yeah. So now he had his exit. He had his exit. So just to even make it even bigger so he could get out of it, he ran at it and threw his body into it. Just to open it up. But and it was weird because he like... Triple H at it. Yep. It was just... It was so good to get to the part where they were going to finally get in there. Like, they finally make it outside the cell. They get over by the announce tables. We get the pile driver on the announce table, which didn't fucking break. Yep. Triple which H was nuts. Bleeding. Yes. There was this the I love the slingshot that caused him to bleed. Yeah. It was so good. And I love that the camera cut away so he could, you know, blade. But it was like that spot right there told me that it could be a re a way to bust him open. Yeah, because... It definitely tells, like, a way to bust somebody open. If you're being forcefully shot into chain link, I'm sure somehow it's going to fucking slice you open. Mm -hmm. When they made it out, of course, Triple H is bleeding, so when he took the pile driver on the table, you just see the blood all over the announce table. It was like, holy shit. The funniest part was Jim Ross, when they both get up on the fucking announce table, you hear JR go... There's no room to move here! <laughs> <laughs> they make it out. Triple H is there. Like, he's still down. Mick reaches behind and grabs a barbed wire 2x4. And he just starts aiming for Triple H. Like, he swung and hit the announce table. Triple H went to escape. So he starts making his way up. He gets away from it. Mick just puts, because it had a loop on it. So he puts it around his wrist, starts making his way up there. Triple H finally makes it to the top of the cell. And Mick starts making his, and Cactus starts making his way up the K, up the cell, and he gets to the top, and he takes the barbed wire 2x4 off his, off his wrist and throws it up on top of the cell, and I'm like, well, he just made his mistake right here. Now, we're pretty deep in this match, and we ain't seeing Mick Foley bleed, which is fucking weird as hell. Yeah, bonkers. Yeah, I'm like, how in the world are we not seeing a Mick Foley match without blood? From him, especially. Yeah. Like, we're getting it from Triple H, but we're not getting it from Cactus, which is bizarre. But when he threw the 2x4 up there, I go, well, there's his mistake right there. Triple H grabs the 2x4 and starts grinding it into Cactus Jack's head. And I'm like, well, there's his way of bleeding now. We don't see it at first, because he still has his head turned, because he's still looking up, camera's looking at him from the back. Triple H just stomps on his hands. 
and Cactus tumbles down off the cage through the announce table. And I'm like, damn, he just got proven wrong. He said he's not going through the announce table, but this time he went through it again anyway. Like, <laughs> I, I never understood how Mick took those spots with yeah. no fucking hesitation. Like, that shit would be crazy. Like, even when Sean took his during the first one, where Taker just steps on his hand, he just free falls through the table. Like, that shit's crazy. Yeah, that, that Sean spot is one of my... Just one of my favorite spots in, like, like in general of all time. Yeah, it's it's crazy. But like just seeing the way that his like lifeless body just like tumbles off. Yeah, I mean, look at the one with Seth and Dean. Yeah. With Ambrose and freaking Rollins, where they both go through both tables. Like that's amazing. Basically simultaneously. Yeah, that's amazing. That spot. But Cactus crashes through the table. And Triple H is standing on there, like, celebrating. Like, absolutely celebrating. Standing on top with the two-by-four yeah. fucking pose. Yep. Cactus starts moving and gets up, and you can see that he's bleeding now. And he just starts chucking chairs. Like, he wants to throw it up there so they can have, like, a barbed wire two-by-four chair-like duel up on top of the cell. And I'm like, okay... He throws, like, three chairs. They don't make it up on the top of the cell. So he says, fuck this. I'm just going up. And he starts climbing back up there again. And they just start going at each other again. Like, they're using the 2 by 4 We got a suplex on Triple H that, like, his head hit the middle part of the two sections of the top of the cell. Like, I was like, damn, that had to hurt. Yeah. Because even Mick hit, like, his shoulder blades on there. Like... Yeah, Triple H was also swinging the uh, the two by four mm-hmm. onto Mick's back and yep. shredding his fucking the flannel jacket. Yep, we got a like a Russian leg sweep up there. Mick finally, Cactus finally gets his hand on the two by four, and then I don't know where the fuck he gets this thing, but he suddenly lights the thing on fire. I don't know where the fuck he got the lighter. Like he just reached down. I didn't see nothing fall, nothing. He just reaches down. Picks up this mysterious lighter and lights the fucking thing on fire. He then uses it on Triple H. I'm like, oh my god, that had to suck. Yeah. He then, you get, you get to the ending of the match. It's just nuts. Mick goes for either a, he was either going to power bomb him or he was going to pile drive I'm him. I'm sure it was the pile driver. So he was looking to pile drive Triple H on the flaming 2x4 of barbed wire. Triple H backdrops Cactus Jack overhead and he crashes through a panel of the cell straight down to the ring and it caved in. In the corner. That chair is fucking still... It's still I don't know how that thing didn't fall over. Yeah, but that... There was a chair in the corner from an earlier spot where... Cactus, like, was beaten up on Triple H and, like, had him sit down in the seat and he ran full speed, but then Triple H countered with a drop toehold that Mick ate all that chair. Yeah, he, he just landed face first in that chair. But the backdrop through the cell is nuts. Like, we saw the one from the Undertaker one where it, like, breaks. Yeah. Like, it, to me, that one felt more natural than this one. Yeah, like, this one was definitely, like... A planned spot. Yeah, they... they they, f- like, fixed it to do that. Yeah, they jimmy-rigged this the, one the to do that. The first time, that was not 
plant. Yeah, no, because that is literally just the fencing part, like the chain link part of it that breaks. Yeah. This is like the whole section breaks and falls through. But still, Cactus taking that spot is nuts. Because just the way the ring caves in, just like right in there. And I'm like, holy shit. Like every time I watch that spot, I just go like, oh my god. God, that has ha- got to be the worst Yeah, to take that. That's got to be fucking awful. Even Triple H, I love I loved the, the, the two scenes of Triple H just looking down, stunned, and then they cut to Stephanie, who was, like, starting to climb the cell, and she's just got this diabolical laugh and smile going on at the same time. I thought that was just great. Yeah. Triple H climbing down... The, the open part of the cell now and just gets in there and he's just checking like looking at Mick like he kicked his hand to see if he was still alive and you just see him start to move his hand and it's like you can see Triple H's reaction he's just yeah, like oh, he is so furious that he's still moving he's still moving like he finally gets out of the hole and just Triple H is just pounding on him shot after shot after shot and then finally hooks him for the pedigree, nails the pedigree, and it's over. It's it's a fantastically done Hell in a Cell. Mick, Cactus Jack, Mick Foley, Cactus Jack is now retired. It's just the JR, the way they sent it off the like off the air, with Triple H telling him Godspeed, Mick Foley, like. Like, thank you, Cactus Jack. Thank you, Mick Foley. Like, just just his whole thing that he said to send it off the air is great. It's a great way to end the show. Like, this whole show, minus the the Taz match for us, is this whole show is great. It just, it feels so, I don't know. Like, the ending, now knowing what happens at WrestleMania... I don't know. It, it, it's it's it bittersweet. The, yeah, it makes the stipulation just... This was so... It just felt like this was so well done, and then it's just like, now you just completely went against that whole stipulation. Because yeah, we get... If you don't know, uh, not long after this... So, yeah, between this Between is... the build of WrestleMania, Linda McMahon reinstates Cactus yes, Jack. Yes, this is after... Or Mick Foley. Yeah, this was after it was already made a triple threat. They end up having the triple threat on TV with Triple H retaining due to a bunch of fucking shenanigans. And that's when Linda shows up and says, we're going to have this match again at Mania, but this time it's going to be a fatal four-way where she reinstates Mick Foley. So it's like we really just sat through something that heartfelt for them to just go, hey, we're bringing Mick back. Like... It almost kind of feels like a spit in the face. And it's also, not to mention, it leads to, like, one of the just, like, more lackluster WrestleMania main yeah, events. Yeah, a Fatal, fatal four, 4 elimination match. Elimination with a McMahon in every corner. Yeah. Triple H had Stephanie, uh, The Rock had Vince, Big Show had Shane, and Mick had Linda, Linda. of course. Like, it just felt like a way to get the McMahons on TV. And, I don't know, the, the the adding Mick thing, like, yeah, it's cool and all, but, like, after this stipulation, I thought this was perfectly done. 
and then they kind of just kind of ruined it by and not to mention back. I'm pretty sure I might be wrong here, but I think Mick might have been the first one eliminated in the match. I think he might have been. He might have actually been. I just I don't remember. Like I said, we haven't actually seen this show yet, so it's no the big show was first. Mick Foley was second. Oh, but still, like. It's almost like that match right there, if you were going to bring him back, Mick should have won at that point. Yeah. Mick should have won at that point. But it was like, I, I don't know. It's just, that main event, this main event for No Way Out was freaking awesome. Yeah. The WrestleMania match is, like, when we see that, I'm going to probably, I have a feeling I'm not going to enjoy it. But I don't know. Like I said, we'll get to that when we get to that show. Yeah, whenever we pull it. Yeah. So, all I, in all... I did, just for a heads up to our listeners, mm-hmm. uh, I did bring up to Justin that eventually when we get more of these classic pay-per-views in, because we do, the way we figure these out, we do a random wheel. Mm-hmm. So, I told Justin eventually once we get a lot of pay-per-views on, the, on our list, mm-hmm. because I keep track of what pay-per-views we watch... Uh, when we get to the point where there's a lot of pay-per-views on the list, we're just going to just start picking and choosing mm-hmm. randomly. So, it's going to... Either way, right now with the wheel, it's definitely been interesting because the way we do it with the whole... The wheel just eliminates them until one remains. Yeah. Like, it leaves it very interesting. So, overall, No Way Out 2000, I say is a, is a definite is a really really good show mm-hmm. it's a really good show like minus the Taz and boss man stuff which is kind of ass which is not even kind of ass it's pretty ass it's, it's big time ass yeah but this is the rest of the show wrestling wise really like really good to like great yeah so yeah, like like we said you could make the argument for Mark Henry and Viscera yeah. where just we just like seeing two fucking Yeah, but men. even if you don't enjoy that and you won't you clearly won't enjoy the Taz and Bossman match, the rest of the show you'll definitely yeah, enjoy. The, the rest anyway. of the show is still good. I think even with the Mark Henry match, if you don't enjoy the Mark Henry Viscera one, I think either way the show is still great. Yeah, it, it's, it's still a really it's, it's still, still a really, solid, really like good show. Eight show. Out of 10. Yeah. Very, very great show wrestling wise. So, now it's time for us to drop what we're going to be doing next. The Wheel said, hey, we're going to go back to 2019. 2019, and we're going to the NXT side. The Wheel gave us NXT TakeOver Toronto. Of 2019. So, happy we're finally breaking into the NXT side. It's Hopefully the, the wheel will give us an ECW pay-per-view one time. It, it's one of the takeovers that I don't even remember. Like, I looked, we looked at the card and I don't even remember what happened. <laughs> That's a good thing. So we're going into it blind again. And this was only fucking three years three ago. Three years ago. <laughs> And I don't remember a single thing that happened. Well, when we get to that, we'll get to it. Other than that, that is it for us. 
find the podcast on whichever podcast platform you can find it on. If there's ones that I, other than Apple, because again, something way beyond my control right now. If there's any other platform that you use, and it's not on there, just hit me up some way. Tell me, hey, this is the podcast isn't on this platform. Hey, and I'll see if I can figure it out. See if I can get it on there for you. Follow us on Twitter. Follow me at JustinTime211. Follow me on Twitter at JeremyTime721. We'll be back for NXT TakeOver 2019 soon. And also for another weekly review, which will be next week. Probably Saturday. Actually, no. Probably might not even be Saturday. Probably might be sometime during the week. We if probably, not, it'll probably just focus on the pay-per-views. Yeah, we don't know how we're gonna do this one for next for next week, but we'll figure it out. We'll probably we might just fill the weekend with fucking classic shows and then focus the weekly show on the pay-per-views. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to really cover. I mean, like I said, we we talked about it during our weekly episode. Not really sure what to. We're not really expecting much for any of the weekly shows this week because yeah. it's all probably it's all go home shows. So especially with SmackDown being taped. Yeah, so not much to expect for that. So going into it, like I said, we'll probably just be covering the pay per views, getting the classic pay per view out, and then we'll see what else we got going on here. So yep. but until then, we are out of here.